Thank you very much, band. We appreciate your service a lot. Last week, we spoke about the one thing that's necessary. Um, and if you weren't here, it's not me saying it. It was Jesus. I don't get upset at this preacher that claims to know the one thing that's necessary. I read it. I read it in the Bible. Um, Luke 10, 38 to 42. Just going to recap quickly, and then we're going to do a few other things this morning. We're going to um, share with each other and have a bit of a community discussion and then pray over each other as well. Just a quick recap. The story of Mary and Martha and Jesus coming to visit them and Martha serving Jesus and Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha thinking that she's got the right, she's doing the right thing, even asks Jesus asks God, tells God what to do and tells God to tell her sister to do the right thing, which is to serve God, which makes a lot of sense. But then God says, there is one thing that's necessary. The serving is good, Martha, but there's one thing that's necessary. The NIV says, well, that's actually uh, a different a Greek translation. The one Greek version says few things are necessary or indeed only one and the other trans- and, and the other Greek text says one thing is necessary. So it comes down to the same thing. Um, the one just acknowledges the fact that what Martha is doing is not all that bad, but <laughs> she, is serving, she is serving Christ. But there's one thing that's necessary that distinguishes our faith from all other faiths, and that's the fact that our God says, come to me, be with me, hear my voice. No other faith. And if we don't, do that, then we are just like any other faith that has a list of stuff to do. Be called into that relationship and for that reason and many others, Jesus refutes all arguments saying that there are other things that can be more important than to sit at his feet. Because what can be more important than to serve God? And yet when Martha serves God, he says, but there's one thing that's more important than that, Martha, and that's to be with me, to sit at my feet. To make time to listen to me. That's, that's the one thing more important to serve him. He teaches Martha. From there we will serve him. We know that. We become like him. And he stirs his desires in our hearts. Charles Spurgeon that summarizes this and said, the one, the one thing needful evidently is what which Mary chose, that good part that should not be taken away from her. Very clearly, this was to sit at Jesus' feet and to hear his word. That we spoke about last week at length. I want to add one, one argument to this and then we'll do some group work. There's a couple of Imperatives like this in the word that when you read it, you can almost build your life on it. That you, some people read the Great Commission, go and make disciples, and like that's it, you know, I'm going. That's what I'm going to do. Some people read, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, and mind, neighbor, stuff like that's it. I'm going to write it, and when I walk into my house, that's what I'm going to do. Other people read, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and, and like that's it, you know, that's what I'm going to write on my. On, uh, when I walk into my house, it'll be there, and I'll see it, and I'll run f- for it. And and I want to just look at a few of one of them specifically, and follow a train of argument that is true for all these other imperatives as well, that would prove the same conclusion as what Charles Spurgeon came to. Matthew six thirty three says, "But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well." Con- Trusting a seeking to provision to a seeking of the kingdom. Um, and then if we are to seek the kingdom, our action-orientated people like me, we want to do stuff to advance it. That's what we think seeking means. But a seeking doesn't mean advancing, does it? It means seeking, to find. And if you find something, you first have to find it and have it before you can show it to others. So seeking 
is maybe something different than advancing, although we'll see that it comes to that. But to seek his kingdom, you have to ask, what is the kingdom I'm seeking? And we get that answer from Romans 14, 17. I'm going to make a quick little argument here, so just follow me. Some of you have heard it. Romans 14, 17 gives a definition of the kingdom of God. It said it's not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Alice did Bible school ten times. That's why she can do that. Righteousness, peace, and joy at least ten times in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the, de- that's the definition of the kingdom of God. So if we were to seek the kingdom of God, we are to seek righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If that's what it is defined more broadly, that's what it is. That's what it looks like when it manifests. It manifests as righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom of God. So, so we seek for that. But how do we seek it? Scripture makes it clear, 1 Corinthians 1.30, that Jesus is our righteousness. Ephesians 2.14, Jesus is our peace. He himself is our peace, it says. And Psalm 16.11 says, in his presence is a fullness of joy. So if you want to go seek the kingdom first, who are you going to seek? Jesus. He is our righteousness. He is our peace. In his presence is joy. So in the presence of God, you'll find the kingdom of God. So our first thing to do in our pursuit to seek first the kingdom is to seek first the king of the kingdom that will teach us the kingdom and guide us in the kingdom. The same thing we see with these other imperatives in Scripture. Make disciples. Well, a disciple is someone that's been taught by a disciple maker. Who's our great disciple maker? It's Jesus. Mary was invited as a disciple to sit at his feet, and so should we. Otherwise, we cannot make disciples if we weren't discipled. Per definition, we can't make a disciple unless you're discipled. So we're called to sit with our disciple maker so that we can make disciples. So that imperative is also, also hinges on us sitting at his feet to love the Lord your God. Loving someone, the number one rule of loving someone <laughs> is to get to know them, to adore them, to be with them. Right? To tell them, husbands and wives. So all these things tell us that Jesus is right in saying that. So truly the Christian faith should have this one clear characteristic. (laughs) That the people that adhere to it will close the door and spend time with their God. Clearly that will be it. Clearly that is the distinguishing mark of our faith. Jesus said it. And without it, as I've said, our faith is much the same as other religions because we do stuff, right? Without it, you still come to church, you still sing songs, you still you try to be nice at work and when someone asks the tough questions about what you believe, you dare to say, I'm Christian and then you feel great about that and all that stuff. So, And what you believe about sleeping together before marriage and about this and that, you know, like, okay, I'm a Christian. But then a lot of faith believes believes a lot of stuff that they also proclaim and hold on to. That's not it. It's being with Jesus. So I want to urge you to make this your life goal. (laughs) To spend time in the presence of God. And from there, and there alone will the abundant life that he promises flow. You'll find Shalom for your restless heart. You'll find purpose um, for your life. You'll find the satisfaction that you're looking for. Your deepest longings are fulfilled there. And you're set on fire to then also tell others about the kingdom that you have found. But only when you found it can you tell others about the great thing that you've sold everything else for. Because if you just want to tell others about something that you don't really have, they won't really get it. Right? There's still 
power in the words of the gospel, but the heart of God is so that you would find the kingdom of God. And so that righteousness, peace, and joy would be full in you. That is his good news to you. And as you seek it, and as you find it, the sharing comes naturally. That's why he says the first thing to do is to seek it. Right? If you seek for gold below your house and you find it, (laughs) you'll make sure that it's managed well, but very soon you let your good friends know, right? So then, Jesus actually said to recap that one thing is necessary, (laughs) and this is obviously, this is the best Thing and his primary way, you can say, well, I do things differently. I've got my way of relating with God, but what, what, what. That's wonderful. But God has got his way that he wants you to relate to him. It's like worship. So, some people say, well, I worship in my way. Well, that's not worship. Worship is to, worship, to, to please the one you're worshiping. And if he says clap and shout, then that is what he Longs to be worshipped with. So then we clap and shout because we're worshipping him. Alright? So, his primary way for you is to sit at his feet and listen to him. That's the way you know him. That's the way you'll be discipled by him. That's the way you'll become like him. That's the way you'll hear him. That's the way you'll love him. And that's the way you'll see what he's busy doing. So if sitting at his feet is the one thing that's necessary in life, then... um, And when I read that word necessary in that slide, the next slide, when I read that word necessary there, I got that sense in my spirit that we should do the ministry that we just did. We seriously need to ring fence time for it because the world and the devil will steal it. Because if there's one thing he will steal, it's you being intimate with God. That's the first thing. He's happy with you even coming to church. Now, we've talked about this. Coming to church is very important. And you understand why? Listen to the sermons. (laughs) But this, we have to ring fence time for. First. And then we looked at some keys to success. And many of you have looked at these things. Go to bed early, wake up early, create sustainable rhythms, start small, don't be rigid, be accountable. Um... I want you to quickly look at these five things. And then I want you just to quickly make a couple of notes. I think that for a few of you, there might be just something to, to take note of. Write on your to-do list. You're like, aha, I'm going to give this thing a specific go. Um, I don't have an accountability partner at the moment. I, um, I don't have a sustainable rhythm. I go to bed too late. Just look at this for two minutes and just make a few notes that might be of value to you. Take out something to write with because you won't remember it. So take out your phone, take out your notebook, whatever. uh, Or WhatsApp yourself if anything comes up that you need to deal with. Now I, I know in this room many of you have tried this. Many of you have had wonderful times in the presence of God. Many of you have had great seasons in His presence. Many of us have had dry seasons. Many of us have had undisciplined seasons. Many of us have had dead religious seasons. Many of us have had somewhat deceived seasons. We've been around the block, a lot of us, with this, right? We wrestle with this thing. Sometimes we give up on it for a while hope that it would stir the desire to later pick it up again sometimes uh, it fades into the background because the cares of the world just becomes a bit much and it's obviously more important than to just sit and pray and read and stuff there are urgent emails and projects and deadlines (laughs) 
And I know that many of you have wrestled with this. Many disappointments, right? Many victories, many strategies, many testimonies, many revelations, many encouragements that you can also give that you have found in your wrestle with this thing. Um, Some of us are singing, thousand times I've failed, still your mercy remains. (laughs) Yet it's only when we really find it that we find the joy that God promises and we know it, but... Um, I want to. I want us to learn from you today. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to spend time on three specific, let's call it, questions or topics that I'm going to ask you. It's three minutes on each. We're going to spend. You're going to take out your book or whatever again, and I'm going to ask you that, and then you're going to sit with it for three minutes and work through it, and then we're going to open up the floor. And we're going to hear what these learnings have been in our midst and what the questions and challenges are in our midst. And we're going to answer each other and we're going to help each other and we're going to have a little community uh, conversation. So, next slide, first question. Spend three minutes on that one. Think a little bit about... Remember, we're going to... Carry each other with us, so think about it like that. On spending time with God, testimony, revelation, victory, maybe one of the three, maybe a lot of all three. Take three minutes and think about those three things. Let's move to the next one and spend three minutes making some notes on under that heading. Challenges, struggles or questions. Let's spend three minutes on those three things and make a few notes. Right, last one. What has worked for you? What has worked well for you practically? What are what are the things that you that you've done that you've that you've crafted and that you have right now in your arsenal that's really working well? Might be time of the day, might be specific way or or place or timing or arrangement with your wife or whatever works well for you that you can maybe share with others. Right, everyone still awake with me? Come on. So let's share. I'm going to walk around and raise your hand. We're going to first have, we're going to do them one by one. Testimonies, revelation, victories, awesome. I'll make comments where if I think it's necessary to steer something in a direction. Challenges, struggles and questions. Maybe you can answer each other if you have an answer to a specific question. I'll answer if... Um, no one else answers then I'd have to um, so you can pray for me and then lastly we'll, we'll share some tips so anyone who wants to share a testimony, revelation or victory I'll start us off uh, I've two quick ones and um, this was two massive ones for me it's, it's sort of a testimony and an encouragement at the same time the first one is um, for me, I've realized never get to a place where you say, I've failed so many times that I might as well give up. Because um, that's the most dangerous place. Um, my encouragement is always press on. So, so the, Philippians 3 verse 14 says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So that's just a quick encouragement. Because many times if you, if you keep pressing on, that, that breakthrough comes. So never get to a place where you say, I've, I've failed so many times. Quick, quick other one. Quick other one. The second one, the second one is just, was a massive one for me. The other one is, we have such a mindset in the West of everything has to have an outcome. 
And it's such a cool thing to realize that spending time with God doesn't have to have an outcome. Just be with the Father. Just be with Him. Um, and and you're, you're, and it's crazy when you get to the stage where just oh I'm just I'm just being with the Father. You'll be surprised at how many revelations and words and how much He does speak to you when you are just you are just with Him. Thanks, Nadia. Testimonies, revelation, victories. A revelation I had was um, about when it comes to being intimate with God, that we can actually wrestle with Him. We can engage fully with Him. We can, as if we're sitting in a room with our Father, and sometimes even just picturing that um, it's not just us speaking to a roof and um, our prayers or our words going hitting something or going into somewhere and maybe it happens or we have hope that it happens, but you know God's will in the end, which is true. But yeah, that will really engage with God, that will really share heart with him, um, that will wrestle with what the outcome is and yeah. Amen. If we read the Bible, it seems that those who really wrestled with him somehow changed things. Even had God changed things that he wanted to do or did not want to do. So there's great value in that. More victories, testimonies. Just to... <laughs> Let's go to the back after me. So um, just a quick testimony. Um, this is just some, a, test, a picture that I can't forget that sort of defines this entire sermon for me. It was a time in my life where I really... Struggled with works, and um, it's like condemnation really um, kept me from engaging with God. So I will do all the things in my quiet time, but I will not. It's almost like a picture, like you won't look deep into the Father's eyes. It's like you'll like roam around here, and it's because I felt like he will be disappointed. So I felt I'm not where I want to be. So I sort of um, avoided his eyes. And I just had this picture... Um, of like in Song of Solomon's where the lover locks on the door and the woman says, but wait, I don't have my clothes on or whatever. I can't remember, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and then she doesn't go to the door and then she goes and then he's gone. And I just felt Jesus also telling me, like I'm knocking on your door. And I just saw this picture of myself having all these um, skrullgut, um dishes. And then um, it's almost like I was still doing that. I'm still cleaning it. I'm like, wait, wait, Jesus, I'm... Still busy here, because in my head I want to make it like clean for him. My little ceramic stuff with my golden spoon in. <laughs> I want to have everything sprinkled, the parsley over. Like I wanted everything perfect before he comes in and he's intimate with me. And um, I just felt him coming in, and said, but obviously he's a gentleman. Like I have to open the door. And he says, jean I just want to be with you. And in my weakness, almost as if he said, like, let me wash the dishes with you. <laughs> and, but in the end he says, actually, I just want to sit with you. I want to spend time with you. And have tea with you. And just looking at us, the dishes can sit there. And um, my revelation was just that scripture of, as we behold him, we are being transformed from glory to glory. And he knows what he has to do in my heart. I don't, need, I don't even know which dishes I have to fix. And he doesn't care about those things. Like, he wants to change me in a place of intimacy. Like, as I just look into his eyes. Yeah. Awesome. More encouragement. I think for me what was really a revelation is the fact that he actually wants to spend time with me. Like that was just mind-blowing because I felt like I spent so much time trying to set everything up so that he will show up. You know, is he going to come? Is he going to show up? Is he going to speak? And so trying to get all these things in place to make him want to spend time with me. And then having that revelation of, oh my word, he is actually the one who is waiting and like waiting for me to come, ready to show up, ready to be there. And so the idea that God wants to spend time with me was just an incredible, incredible revelation for me. And um, tied into that was when I realized how much he wants to spend time with me, all the stuff that I was doing that I felt I needed to set up, that also began to then just fall away. And I'm actually finding, even right now in my life, that as much as I want to spend more time in the Word, and I want to spend more time praying, and I want to do more, I find that in moments when I don't have the time to do that, I actually get more out of just sitting quietly with Him. 
just sitting with him quietly and really just resting in his presence because he wants to be there with me. And then I get filled up so much by that. Amen. Uh, yeah, so up until recently, like I've really been, um, every part of my day needs to be super effective. And so it ties into what Nadia said about, you know, there needs to be an outcome for everything. And so it was such a cool revelation and victory and testimony just of, of my quiet time bringing me to a place of slowing down, um, setting the pace for the day that everything doesn't have to have an effective, quick outcome. Um, because you're just entering into the presence of the Lord. And, and I think that it carries over into the rest of your day, into having you present so that the Lord can use you in every small situation, not that you pressed in having this kind of step-by-step outcome-focused um, activity. So, yeah, it's just been a, an amazing revelation and victory in, in slowing down. Yep. I've never seen God in a rush when I see him up in heaven and close my eyes. He's never frantically in a rush. He's always moving around very slowly. <laughs> Smiling, looking, yet he's in control. Yeah, I just want to reiterate what Nadia and he just said about the expectation of what should the outcome be and how you grade yourself. Like, oh, this is a good quiet time and this was near. But I also find this discussions that we're having here to have that with somebody regularly because you so easily sink into things and there's some things that's just stuck in your head and heart that just prohibits you that you don't know is stuck because you put the bar out there whether it's through past experiences or past expectations just to have this sort of discussion constantly in community agree it's having a massive effect on my my personal time with God (laughs) so um Fantastic. So we start from the front again. <laughs> Challenges, struggles, or questions. Feel free and go for it. You're allowed to. It's the obvious one, so I'll go first, but to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I really do struggle, and I think we laugh, but that snooze button and to actually reprogram your brain to just get up. And like Charlene shared, the Lord wants to spend time with us. So if I open my eyes and think, yes, I get to spend time with the Lord rather than that snooze button. And I've so often regretted like doing the extra 10 minutes, and then when I'm in the Word, then I'm like, no, I lost those 10 minutes. So, yeah, that is my biggest challenge. (laughs) I also wrote down sleep. Is it more valuable than sleep? Because we answer ourselves and say no sometimes. But in our hearts, we know the answer is yes. <laughs> but yet we only realize that when we're fully awake sometimes. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you on that, Rachel. I think that is one of the things that keeps it honest, right? Because we have to be diligent and disciplined for that. And it... it, it, it it recalibrates us to um, really prioritize things that are very important to make sure that we don't spend 45 minutes on Instagram if, when we could have slept the previous night and would have wake up, would have been awake the next morning fresher. So yeah, that's a big one. Um, I think for me also waking up, um, but also getting into a habit or a routine Um, because I find myself as my day is different every day so sometimes I go into office sometimes I work from home and then I kind of adjust my quiet time accordingly and I think my question or more my I think it's like more of an internal conflict is more do I adjust it because I'm um, like I adjust it because I think I'm integrating my life and I don't restrict my quiet time to it. It has to be an hour only in my bedroom, but I can also listen to gospel music on my way to work and like spend time with him anywhere. Or is it more just me taking the easy way out 
and kind of like I didn't spend time this morning, so now I'm just listening to a gospel song on my way to work. Um, so yeah. Any answers to that? Do you have an answer for her? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Not. We we first gonna answer the question. So, anyone with an answer? So just do quick things that I've found. Firstly, if you would arrange all the items in your life, work da 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 da, and put them all together with this, and you would have this as a main priority, then the structuring of it doesn't matter that much. If it was the main priority, you'd find the best slot for it, and that might look different. But if that's intentionally done, then it doesn't happen in that haphazard way that you feel like, did I really make a point of this, or is it okay that it just... Um, and the other thing is that there are different seasons in one's life. That's the other thing. So there's been times where God's led me to be very more, much more rigid in what I do and things I have to have in there because I need to reprogram my mind. But other times, like where I'm in right now, where it's much more, it's, mo- it's way different than what it's ever been. S- some days it's planned out to spend lots of time with God, and other days are just kind of check-ins. You know, and I'd be much more flexible on it. Sometimes I'd do a Bible study for an hour and a half and I wouldn't necessarily have to go into a few other things as well. I would I would be done. So there are um, other times I just worship or something, do everything. So there are different seasons where there's different structuring and stuff like that that you find as you flow with God. Um, yeah. Aubrey. I I often find it a struggle to really know, am I hearing God's voice? Um, especially when my spouse and I are not in agreement um, over something, then I am forced to say, uh, is there some bias that I've allowed to creep in? Um, and it's challenging. Yes. What do you say, Rista? <laughs> <laughs> so, join... Bible school, that will help a lot. Um, I remember the uh, peace coming from the fact that I know that there is one truth to which we align. We don't fully know it, but we agree that that's where we're going to. So I won't get stuck in whatever I think or feel or think I've heard, because I there is a chance that I might be... But I will enter my opinion humbly into the equation... And both of us then agreeing that we search for the truth until we find whatever it would be in that scenario would be the aim rather than to continue hammering your point because you heard something in your in your quiet time. So that humility and continual alignment, I think, throughout the years um, because confirmation confirms that God spoke. Can't flow with one-off one of things. Um, God confirms it, makes it clear as, as we walk. More challenges, struggles, questions. I'll I'll bring up um, one struggle for me. Um, I know how to solve it, but it, it takes extra. <laughs> it's a just distraction. Like even even say everything goes right, and I'm sitting there in front of the Bible, sketch, uh, pad, and pen, and coffee, and everything, and then. And then my thoughts are just very distracting all over the place, and you know, I can't center my thoughts. Um, the solution I find to this is you need to spend time to like journal and just sort out your mind, just put everything in its folders, and you know. But that's like an extra hour, maybe at night, that you need to spend on that. So good luck with that. Yeah, what what helps also is to do where brother Lawrence did whenever he would feel like a complete mess or failure or he didn't you know mind is too busy I can't even focus on God here I am I've got the time but I can't I just can't do it or whatever you've got other thoughts that you don't want to have um, to smile smile because our our first reaction in such an instance is to go I'm not good enough right now I'm wasting my you know smile and say, God, if you don't change me, then I won't be otherwise. <laughs> and then continue happily with whatever your distraction is. And ask God to change you. 
that would be engaging God's grace and it will actually change you more. Um, I think I <clears throat> I marvel at people that have a like a simple quick routine in the morning or evening um, or any time during the day. I find that it's very drawn out, my nightly routines, my morning routines. Like, it starts simple, and then I'm like, okay, but now I need a journal. But where's that pen? Actually, I like that pen more. And I go look for the pen, and then it, it takes away from the important thing. And so we're all unique. <laughs> Racial with God. <laughs> I'm sure he likes that. Challenges, struggles, questions. Um, I think for me, it's um, struggling to accept the change in season. Um, Because I think I'm comparing my current season to my previous season. And it's just not aligning and I'm like but why why is it not and and I think also hearing from God is very different this season um as compared to my previous and it's kind of like frustrating me a little bit because I'm like but Lord I I didn't do much to hear you um but now I feel like I have to put in a little bit more effort you know to to get the same result that I I got in the previous season without putting in much work. And um, yeah, it's just struggling to adapt to the season, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, what's just really helpful then to know is that ah, there are different seasons so that you're, you're expectant of a change at some time. Because sometimes the season has already changed and you look back and like, oh, I think changed a while back but I've been stuck in frustration for three months not recognizing it and then you can figure out the new one with its with its things there was more hands somewhere um, I think two things for me the first one was um, having faith that God is who he says he is and sometimes I feel like it's a battle of the mind of if I really knew and understood that God is who he says he is, then wanting to spend time with him in his presence wouldn't be such a hard thing in my mind. And then also, um, what is it I wrote here? Um, rather, sometimes you, you make it up in your mind that if I'm struggling to spend time with him now, he's merciful, he is forgiving, he is understanding, instead of seeing him as a jealous God and he's a sovereign God and great his greatness and he wants to spend time with me, we make him small. I make him small in my mind and thinking his forgiveness, he'll understand instead of seeing him as he's jealous, he wants to spend time with me. That's powerful. Your first thought, if I would? That he is who he says, yes. So, we find blocks like these things in our lives. It's the same kind of a block that if I would only be hungry for God, then I would, you know. Or if I would only have a heart for the lost, then I guess I would, but I don't. If I'd only desire the word, but I don't, so they... And so we can only live from our hearts. So whatever that thing is, only God, that's one of the beautiful things of our faith. Only God can change that thing. So just take that thing, when you've identified that big block, and say, God, here's the big block. Would you please change this? And do that continually, and then he does. And then everything changes. The whole puzzle goes into a different, the the whole story goes into a different direction. Whatever those underlying blocks are, ask him, he will, and then. So, so I think one of my big blocks is then the hunger. So when when I'm struggling or ch- you know, challenge for me is that um, I have to check my motivation. What what am I really hungry for, and where have I lost it? And then I just start right there. God, I'm not hungry for you. I, I don't know what you give me. Or I don't know what you am to me. This is real in my heart. So I start there because then from there there's usually big revelations and testimonies, but not always. And then, um, so the hunger thing is for me a challenge or something where I'd like to start and address. And um, 
what was the other one? We're hearing from God. Something I recently, something we all know is like God speaks. One of the ways he speaks is through his word. It's so obvious, but I just had this, where I read something and the revelation I had from it. And then when I stood still and I, and I said, okay, Lord, you're actually trying to speak to me through this, not for someone else or for the church or something to pray for. You're actually trying to tell me something. And I think to engage the word again as this is how God also speaks to us or want to speak. And I, I mean, the things that comes from that, I actually told you that when, when you come back to God, when you haven't been with him for a time, when you come back to him, it's almost like God is always fuller and more and more mysterious. And there's always more um, than what you left when you left or however you left. But that's it. Yes. Um, I just feel to like one of my challenges is like like your choice fatigue out there. What do you read, and what resources do you consider? Because at the moment, like there's like Psalms and Luke and Ephesians and Genesis, and then in small group we're working with this, and in the sermon there's this. It's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> why do I read and where do I go? Because in my personality, I like to do things thoroughly. And really, if we do something, I take notes and I would like to go home. But then time and, oh. Yep, I have the same struggle. I just, very simply now, I've let go of wanting to read at four different places. Maybe in some different season of my life, I'll do that again. And God told me, that I'm, he made me to dig deep. So, that's what I do now. I ask him, where do you want me to be? Now I'm in Mark probably get a few a few sermons from Mark because I'm just going to stick in Mark for how long that takes. So seasons and I just ask God that. And then whatever on a hinge I feel like this or that, I would stick to it. That helps me. I've got the same challenge. Last year we got a son and I can't explain to you how that shakes up your world. It's crazy. And Stepped out of discipline of quiet time and without it, you destitute. It's game over completely. You will run dry. You will run dry. It's just a question of time. And I think the one thing that challenged me was when we have quiet time, are you seeking God's hand in your life? And usually for us, it's, I mean, in the Western world we live in, it's so much financially driven. If you go look at the Gospels and go look at the disciples and go look at what they said through, you know, God's got a very clear message around finances. But then, you know, are you seeking God's hand or are you seeking his face? And within that, there's the question, do I love God more than I love dot, dot, dot? And coming back to the first fruits, nothing can come into your way in the morning. Nothing is going to hit you from the side at 5.30 in the morning. So, and in that question, do I love sleep more than I love God? The answer should obviously be no. So, and if you don't engage in that, you will run dry. And you will veer off the road. And if, you, if we practice it more, if we practice more time in God, in his presence, then it becomes easier to hear his voice. Then it becomes easier to, to learn from the word. It's when we're at that point of complete isolation that it's, it feels impossible. But it's all about discipline and it's about choice. And literally becoming heavy practical, write down everything that you do in your day and you create a priority list from 1 to 50. If you do that and you look at that list honestly, then only one thing should be at the top of that list. Amen. That's good. The value of discipline, as Stefani also said, is that Stefani actually got to her quiet time not feeling hungry for God, but because of discipline she got there and she could tell God, I'm not feeling up for this and that's one of the values of just saying and running dry you feel fine for two weeks and then you just realize the wheels are coming off you don't understand and then you have to get back into it and it's not a condemnation that you oh god i'm sorry can i come back it's not that he's ready but you need to get into that flow again you need to get back into that hunger again you need to you know start again easier to flow than to start Yeah, uh, a big one for me, even though I, sh- I know it shouldn't be like it, or I know the truth actually, but I still struggle with it, is just prayer to a God, uh, all-knowing God. 
the thought that keeps coming up is even the words that I'm about to pray, he already knows what it is. He knows what's going on inside me. So it's just about I struggle to break through that and just to know somehow this is still important to him, to hear my words, even though he knows what I'm going to say. Um, so just that, that thing of being alone with God and like it was shared, truly knowing he wants to spend time with you, he wants to be personal with you. And it's not just a, let's quickly pray because then we can get into the word because then we can do is that, that thing of also, it shouldn't be an, an effective outcome probably apart from from letting it sink in that he wants to spend he wants to hear he wants to spend the time with you he does like when when i would observe at a children's party another kid being uh, nasty to my son and i saw how it hurt him i would know exactly what happened and how he how he feels as a father but if he comes to me that night and says and says papa I felt really this and that. That would just like, you know, mean so much for us. Even though I knew it, we still had to deal with it. And read the scriptures where, you know, <laughs> Moses and Abraham and the guys like pleaded with God and God changed stuff because they did. So it's not a static universe that you, like God changes stuff. We read that in in scripture. So the ones who wrestle Okay, we're going to do one more of these and then we're going to ask a few practical things. I guess mine is, I can be Mary and Martha in one day where <laughs> I can sit with the Lord in the mornings and then, <laughs> and what happens then when I go out? Because then I can get busy and doing stuff the whole time and, and not be with God as, as, and partner with Him in the same sort of spirit. The one piece of advice I got around that is God God made us to partner with him. That's why he brought Adam the animals. to na- He could have named them and told Adam on it. And, um, and to really pause in the day when you get busy and imagine the Lord working with you. And Jesus is there with you. And, but to take that time and actually step back and, and be with him in that and then continue from that place. But it's still a continual challenge. I mean, I have this, the same challenge. Um, so, we're almost at our time. I don't want to keep us too long. Is there anyone burning with some practical things that really works well for you? We'll share one, two, one more hand, three. That'll be that. Okay, just a small, uh, one aspect is a reading plan. We started doing a Bible in a year, and it's it's really only one aspect of just reading the Bible, but it's such a nice, it's a plan. And you can follow it, and, and it's a great accountability tool. So if anyone wants to join our plan, you're welcome. Send me a message. Do you have a plan for your life? <laughs> Linky has a plan for your life. <laughs> she has a plan for Nadia's life. I feel like a bit of a hypocrite uh, answering this question, but because the answer is nothing has worked really well for me. So I sat here and I asked the Lord to give me an answer, and he said, just show up. And I've experienced this physically with um, my my husband, who trains quite often, and his advice to me is always, just show up. So in the mornings, I go to the gym with no intention other than to fill my bottle with cold water. (laughs) But then I'm already there, and I'm dressed, and I think I might as well do a couple of sit-ups or something. And then then an hour later, I'm at home, and I've done um, an hour's workout. So what I'm hearing the Lord saying is, just show up. Me again. Um, one thing that really worked for me in this last season is like the Lord once challenged me just to write something down, at least something. And the very first thing I wrote down, he answered the next morning. Because I usually pray and ask him, and the next day I forgot I asked him, and he gave me that. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I don't, I don't even know he gave it to me, because I forgot. 
but also the gratitude that just comes to your heart automatically and how you worship out of a place of physically seeing what the Lord has done. And I've just like been having grace on myself. Just one thing. If it's just a word or sentence. Yeah. So that's my. Amen. I agree. There's a wallet on the floor. Who says that? Is that? Okay. Uh, um, writing things down. Reading through old journals. For me has become one of the most riveting things I can do. I would pick up an old journal. And I would start paging. And I would hold on to my seat. Be like, oh, this is incredible! I can't, I can't even believe God told me these things. <laughs> um, and look at how He has fulfilled them, and look where I was, and look what He did. And oh man, write it down. Um, okay, thank you so much for that. Uh, we've got lots to learn from each other, and small groups. I'd really like us. I think it's on your heart as well. But small group leaders, let us just dig into this more um, sometime when you when you doing a grow group or something that would be, um, yeah, where this could fit in. Continue the conversation. I'd like us to close with praying for each other. So please make small groups, otherwise it's going to take too long. So groups of three would be great. Groups of three would be great. Very briefly, just share your desire, the desire of your heart when it comes to this. What is that thing? What's that one thing? Like Irma said, just the faith to believe that he is who he says he is. Or just the revelation that it's more valuable than sleep. Or whatever it is. Just what's, your, what's the desire on your heart right now? And I want the others to just pray into that desire. It doesn't have to be a long prayer, but you're welcome to prophesy if you want. Um, just pray into that thing and just pray for each other into whatever that main rock is that you'd like to move. Um, and that you'd want to ask God to move. And then um, um, I'm going to ask that we specifically take about uh, three minutes for that. So one minute per person, share, pray, share, pray. And then you can continue after the service as long as you want. But just do a quick share, pray, share, pray. And then I'll close for us in prayer. And like I said, you're welcome to continue after that if you want. One, two, three, go.
Awesome stuff. The discussions are rolling, so. And the prophecy is flowing. I like it. I really like it. You can, if you're currently praying, you're welcome to continue. I'm going to pray as well and just close the service and then you're more than welcome to continue as you are. Father, I thank you for time in your presence. I thank you for time under your word. I thank you for time in fellowship with fellow believers. I thank you that you encouraged our hearts, that you strengthened us. And I pray, Father, for fruit in this, Lord, that we may know you. Become like you. See what you're busy with. I ask a blessing over all of these seeds sown in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And peace to you. And a fantastic week. Please join us for some fellowship after the service.